Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, our dear Revolution family. We are back for another episode today, and we have got some thoughts and some things planned. Are they going to be good, deep, uh, constructive thoughts? No guarantees, but there (laughs) will be thoughts. We will try to make them not the inside thoughts. We'll try to keep the inside thoughts where they should be, next to the intestines, inside the body. Mm. Um, But occasionally they leak through because we've got some leaky brains between the two of us. (laughs) So (laughs) sometimes sometimes I say things that don't make sense in an effort to make Quinn laugh. And uh, I I occasionally succeed. It's it's all worth it. It's like, or I have this quite often, the Michael Scott thing where he's just like starts using a sentence and um, he's like, sometimes I just start a sentence and hope I find it along the way yep and so good and i'd never find it usually for sure i was watching an episode of the office earlier today you know the one in season seven when holly's coming back and they have the classy christmas party okay do you remember that kind of no okay well she basically like oh we don't need to explain it that's fine that's fine if you knew it'd be fun but whatever you break my heart it's totally cool i don't care okay um quinn how are you doing i'm good good another long day at work yeah yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah. Cool. You remind me, you're leaving for Austria pretty soon. I guess when we release this, you'll be in Austria. Yeah, I'll be in Austria. Right now when we're recording, you're heading out pretty soon. Yeah. A couple weeks, three weeks? Oh, man. I think it's just under three weeks. Yeah. Um, This Friday, it'll be two weeks. Got to be pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. So at Cape and Ray, where you're going, I'm sure you're going to learn lots about God and him and your relationship with him, all these different things, Um, which is phenomenal. What would you say, looking back over the past year, because I think a lot's happened in the past year, I'm not going to ask you to say what is the biggest thing God has taught you, but what what's something new that God has taught you in the past year? doesn't need to be like, oh, this is something super relevant for everybody else. Just genuinely, like you as a person, what, what has God taught you? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What have you done in your life? Oh, man. This I is, would love to give you 15 minutes to think about it, but you got like 15 seconds. Max. I know. And that that's why I don't love it when you just say, follow my lead. Yeah. it's, a, it's a, <laughs> I will not lead you into temptation though. So you can thank yourself for that. Um, it, let me think. Let yeah. me think. Oh man. There's, there's lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, let's see. I don't even know. There's, there's a lot of things just over the past couple of months, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a big one is just for me, just learning to um, be in constant relationship with God. Mm. He He's taught me that that sorry through that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taught me that as I press into it, mm-hmm. um, and as you press into reading your Bible and praying and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. all the spiritual disciplines, you um, you learn who He is and you learn how you're supposed to act. And so I guess He's taught me this is how I want you to live. And I mm. want you to live by faith. Mm. Um, and he's taught me to be to be patient in some ways. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just be patient and wait for me to, um, to lead you. And I guess stepping into these next steps as I will be in Cape and Ray, yeah. um, not knowing what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but, but really just pressing into the, the unknown of what God is gonna do and then jumping into that. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. That's great. Uh, well, today we have an episode. One second. Yeah. What What about you, dude? You can't just ask me. Oh, and then you I spring don't it ask on you. me. 
Um, what is something God has taught me? Compassion is a big one for me right now that he's teaching me like currently is um, like we're taking very seriously the idea of, of, of loving people the way Christ loved us mm-hmm. is like, like how do I love and understand and have compassion on the people who I genuinely just don't like? Yeah. Right. And how do I, how do I do that? And a lot of that has come down to that word compassion, which is like, understanding somebody and why they act the way they act and why they do the things they do and um yeah so that that's been a big thing for me of just like mm, if if um, kind of kind of the conviction of if i lived in their shoes their whole life i'd act the same way mm-hmm. um and so kind of just god's breaking down a lot of the arrogance in my you know i i'm i'm quite resilient on that front so he's got some breaking left to do but um definitely breaking down some arrogance uh, i hold on to and uh teaching me how to love other people more truly yeah. so yeah that's been a big thing for me lately that's awesome yeah um oh but quinn we have an episode today yeah we um do. that i think we're going to be calling what if god feels boring yep and that's the working title as we're recording this. So we'll see if we can figure out something better. But for now, we will refer to this episode as What If God Feels Boring? And that's the tangent we're going to go off on today. Okay. Um, so what if God feels boring? Let me let me kind of set this up for you. Okay. And then we'll go on. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, the curtains, you, Quinn, you're sitting down with your popcorn at oh. the theater. Not a movie theater, by the way. This is a good old fashioned theater with a stage. No. The curtains are drawn. Everybody's kind of chatting a little bit. Then the lights flicker and it's like, oh, Show's about to start. Yeah. You put your popcorn down so it doesn't rustle. Well, if it's a classy theater, they don't serve popcorn. What am I talking about? But then the lights go dim and the orchestra swells and the red curtains open. Yeah. And this is what you see on the stage in front of you. Let me lay out the scene. I am a Christian. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I believe in God, right? And right. I, I'm, I'm living good, right? Like mm-hmm. I do the right, like, you know, I go to church. Um, I, I even donate some of my money to the church, right? Like I'm tithing. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily read my Bible every day, um, but I, I definitely mean to read, like I want to read my Bible. Like I'm, I'm like in my, when I talk to people, I'm like, I base, like I, I read my Bible. I talk as if I read my Bible every day to people. Right. And, um, but you know, I don't always get to it because life I'm as a good person, I'm very busy, right? I'm working lots on people. I'm, you know, a good kind of maybe a little bit social person. So I don't really get to reading my Bible every day, but it's basically good enough. And, um, I don't pray re- like, you know, I'll say like the prayers sometimes, but you know, it's, you know, I, I don't pray a ton, but that's because I'm so busy living, right? Like, what, like yeah. what am I taking time to pray? Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a good social person. Maybe I'm attending school or maybe maybe I'm just working full time, all these things. I'm in good standing with people. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a clean slate, right? Like I'm good. There, there are no big, you know, maybe I've got a few sin issues I'm working on that people don't know about, but they don't need to know about them because they're pretty small problems. And uh, I, I can, I'm going to figure them out. Like I'm figuring them out. Right. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically a good person. I'm good. I'm living a fine life. Right. And I'm following God. So when I die, I don't need to worry about hell. Like I, I'm good. Um, living that kind of life, me as a Christian, I am challenged one day by a pastor who, is talking to me or maybe another believer and they are kind of throwing these things at me like meditate on the word of god day and night and they're saying pray continuously and they're saying um 
seek pleasure in God first above other things. And I'm like, you know, I know those words and and I'm kind of like, yeah, but they're doing it in a way that's very, very different from me. And I don't, I just don't really want to do that. Why? And then I think about it a little bit to try to figure it out. And I'm like, well, you know, the parts of my life where God is involved are kind of the least interesting parts. Mm-hmm. Like, my my life is more than going to church. My life is more than reading like the Bible. My life is more than closing my eyes and concentrating on sending my thoughts up into heaven. Like I'm living my life, right? Like this other stuff with God is like it's good. And I know it should be there. And it's it is there. It's there as much as it needs to be. But like taking it more seriously than that just sounds unappetizing. So God, if we can say it plainly, is feeling kind of boring. What what do you, what do you make of that situation spiritually? What what would you make of encountering a person like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that can that can definitely be me in in many situations. Um, and yeah, it's it's definitely a struggle um, because so often it's um, you think you know the stuff, mm. right? You think you know that, yeah, you're supposed to pray. Yeah, you're supposed to read your Bible. And maybe sometimes you do that, but mm-hmm. um, you don't see any worth in it, Yeah. right? And so I, I think that's that's the first part. It's like, where or why aren't you seeing worth in it? Right. Why, why don't you feel like this part of your life is, is worth nothing, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think that we can kind of start by looking at um, your relationship with God. Sure. Um, I think that's one way to, to kind of go at it is, um, if you're not constantly trying and trying to put effort into your relationship with God, Mm -hmm. it's not going to feel exciting. Sure. Sure. Can can we maybe pause there? So you're saying maybe the, the key to having an invigorated spiritual life, an important, fulfilling, all encompassing of the rest of the aspects of my life, the key to that, and maybe maybe this kind of feeds also into becoming a mature believer and growing as a Christian. You're saying the key to that is your relationship with God. That's kind of the hinge That's of all def- this. Yeah. Okay. So so you said you need to intentionally grow your relationship with God, right? So we've kind of set up the problem a little bit. We've maybe hinted at a solution. We're saying your relationship with God, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of the key for all this. So, but then, then you said. Um, one step you can take in this is to grow your relationship with God. What what does that mean? Yeah. What do you mean grow your relationship with God? Yeah, I mean that that definitely means practicing your your spir- spiritual disciplines, mm. right? Um, you can't just grow your relationship with God or get to know who God is um, by um, by just sitting there and thinking you know God. Yeah, right. You have to be intentional about. Um, about practicing those. So like that, that might mean uh, praying to God. That That's a way that you get to know God mm-hmm. because as you pray to him, part of prayer is also listening to what he has to say. Yeah. Right. Um, reading your Bible. Yeah. As you read your Bible, you get to know who God is through the words that he's spoken and the things that he has done throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So as you get to see those things through, through practicing your spiritual disciplines, you get to slowly see who God is as as a person, 
so so you mentioned a few spiritual disciplines there you mentioned like prayer and bible reading um we have an episode on six uh vital spiritual disciplines uh you're neglecting you guys can go listen to that if you want to hear some of our thoughts on other spiritual disciplines but Quinn, I, I just want to ask you you said you need to be practicing these things i mean let's i mean we might as well get really realistic with this right and we don't want to um idealize circumstances uh quite often we just don't want to practice those things yeah um so how can you make the case to somebody who just genuinely just doesn't want to read their bible just ge- like does not want to make their the time for it who doesn't doesn't want to pray what case would you make to a person in that situation yeah are you saying yeah i guess are you kind of saying like do you want me to give them a case for why they should read their Bible? It doesn't need to be a full case, but uh, perhaps just uh, give us some pointers on that idea. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely if, if the Bible feels boring or you're just like, I, I don't want to read it, right? I definitely have those days. Um, I would say read your Bible because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only way to live. And if you actually want to try and live that good life, live in righteousness um, and for God, you can't do that Mm -hmm. without looking in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, and, and you'll see how to live by looking at the things that people did in the old Testament and be like, Oh, that's not what we're supposed to do clearly. Um, And in the new Testament, it's very clear how we're supposed to live. And so I would say, if you want to try, if you want to try and live that life, Mm -hmm. you have to, um, you have to look at the Bible. Right. What if somebody reflecting on that, like kind of thinking through this whole line of logic goes, what if I'm not really concerned with living that kind of life? Like God can be part of my life and maybe they wouldn't phrase it like this, but essentially what this person might be thinking is God can be part of my life, but I'm mostly living my life the way I want to, right? Like why, what if somebody just doesn't want to live that way? Yeah. Yeah, if they don't, if they don't want to live that life, but they they still want to have that kind of relationship with God, is that what you're saying? What if they What if they just don't want a relationship? What like What if they just they're they're really kind of digging into this, and they they know God exists, and they're they're kind of living the you know what we would see as the right Christian life, but at the end of the day, they don't actually want to. What What would you say? Carry their crosses. They don't want to give up all things to gain the kingdom of God, right? What, like, what would be your advice, or even just like you don't even need to have a perfect answer to this. I'm kind of springing these questions on you as we go. Yeah, but like, like, what are your thoughts around like that, right? Like, somebody who believes in God genuinely, but doesn't desire the kind of life the Bible paints. Yeah. Um. Oh man, that that's a tough one. Yeah. Um. The, the, maybe I can clarify. The reason I ask is because yeah. the, what I have found, um, by and large, is that people make decisions according to what they want, right? Right. Like, like that. That's just the way people work. We do what we want to do. Yeah. And I was reading some stuff by John Piper lately, and he, he quoted this guy um, Pascal, um, who was a, th- a theologian back in the day, and he, his, Pascal's point was essentially that the thing that governs human will. So the, the principle by which we make decisions, right? Like you can yeah. have principles that guide your decisions. Like I want to protect my family. So therefore I'm going to choose this thing instead of this thing. And he said the principle that governs all human decisions is happiness. 
It's wanting to be happy. Yeah. And so maybe what I, I can I would see in somebody who is feeling dry in their spiritual life, who who just doesn't want to live, breathe, and exist in the things of God. What if people just don't find happiness in God? What if people don't truly believe what if what if people believe that the things they are doing currently will make them happier than how God would make them? Yeah. What would you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I would say first off, I would say you have a knowledge of God, mm-hmm. but you don't actually know God. Mm-hmm. Um I would say for so many people it's like, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah. Um but but their lives don't reflect that, right? Yeah. Um, and for obviously, be, why would anybody want to live the life that the Bible has painted for us, mm. that, that Christ wants to live for us? And so it's like, it, it comes down to this, you know of God, but you don't know who he is. Because if you actually try and know God, yeah. um, you'll see that the life he has planned for you and wants for you mm-hmm. is actually so much better. Mm. Um, but for someone who doesn't want that, um. Oh man. Well, maybe we can do it like this. Yeah. You would convince the way to convince somebody maybe that that's the life they should be living. You said the life God has planned for you is better. What do you mean better? Yeah. In what way is it better? Oh man. I would say we have a, we have a purpose in living mm. our, our lives. I mean, yeah, we, we all want to live for ourselves. Mm. Right. Um, but as we continue to live for ourselves, what do we actually find ourselves in? We find ourselves happy for a moment and sad for a longer period of time. Yeah. Maybe not sad, but feeling these the weight of the world, feeling the weight of what we've done wrong yeah. because we have a, we have a moral compass. Yeah. Um, but when we look at the Bible, it's like when when we try and live that life, mm-hmm. um, it's better because um, there's peace that comes with um, your life mm. in, in a sense that. Um, as you try and aim towards what God wants, yeah. um, you know that it's it's all for him. Right. You know that your life is for God and trying to glorify him and trying to help others and serve them and and further other people's relationship with God, but yeah. also trying to further yours as well. Yeah. So you said there's a peace that comes. Would you say that the Christian life makes people happy? I would say... Um, I would say not always. Mm. I would say there's times when when you just are like, God, I actually don't want to believe in you mm. um, because you're like, I trust you time and time again and you got me here. Mm. I would say in those times, it's not always happy. It's not always sunshine and rainbows mm. with the Christian walk. Um, but I will say that even though it might not always be good at the moment, mm-hmm. you can also come to the other side once you've gone through that yeah. and be like man I, I have more than just happiness yeah. i have joy because god has got me through this mm-hmm. it's not by my own strength because i couldn't do this yeah. but as you look to god and lean on him yeah. and try and still pursuing that good life that he has planned for you yeah. you get to you you see that there is joy that other people don't always have mm. what, so sorry maybe clarify this for me where does the christian joy come from like what like what is actually like concretely what causes like i get like as a kid i could say christmas gives me joy going to disneyland gives me joy um seeing like my grandparents gives me joy what concretely gives christians joy yeah i, w- I would definitely say hope in god 
hope in God. Yep. What do you mean by that? It's it's not leaning on yourself mm-hmm. because we're, we're going to let ourselves down time and time again. Yeah. But hope in God that he is going to see us through. Hope in God that he is going to help us live that life and hope and yeah, and and uh, joy that we get to serve others mm-hmm. for Christ. Mm-hmm. Hope, uh, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. So you, you're saying hope the, the Christian joy springs from hope in God. The, the way you the way you phrase that makes it sound like it's a like we're we're kind of waiting for something, right? Like hope in God is like, well, one day I'm gonna feel happy. Um, what about like presently? Like I, I read the Apostle Paul and he says, I have discovered the secret to being joyful in all circumstances with much and with little in good times and in bad. What is the secret? Not just to the future joy of Christians, like heaven. Awesome. Sounds great. What is the secret to the present joy of Christians? Where does our, I, I, I truly believe and I'm becoming convinced reading the Bible that God wants, and, and it's, he, he desires for us to be joyful and for us to be satisfied in him. But where does that present joy spring from? Yeah. Do you want to take that one? No, it's all good. I, I see the Bible say things like, then we shall know fully, even as we are fully known. Then we shall see face to face. Um, then we shall become like Christ. Like these phrases. Um, what what the Christian hope is in is perfect reuniting with God with no sinfulness to divide us from him anymore. As Christians, we're reconciled to him, but there is still sinfulness in us that does keep us separated from him presently. Um, Not in a relational sense uh, so much, but in an ultimate relational sense, right? Like we are in relationship with him now because of Jesus, but we were not as close as we possibly could be. And so that's what heaven's going to be. But that joy springs from God. Even then, the, 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 the Christian hope is hope in complete joy, hope yeah. in an overflow, like, like the psalmist, Psalm 23, my cup overflows, surely goodness and mercy will follow him. This is what he says. He says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And in the same Psalm, he says, he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all that every day of my life. In the shadow of death, in the valley of the shadow of death, there is goodness. In the valley of the shadow of death, there is joy. So where does that joy come from? Because that, like we said, that, that, that future hope in a perfect relationship with God is being fulfilled now. We're working towards that now. We are yeah. being conformed more to Christ. We're becoming closer to God. And so, and so that, that's the, the joy of the Christian life that is devoid of any anything else there, there are worldly joys right we've talked about the movie jesus revolution on here before but like, like the, the point made in that hip that movie story is that the hippies are pursuing drugs and they're pursuing sex as a means of gaining pleasure of gaining joy and and I, what, what i'm being convinced that the bible says is that the pursuit of joy the pursuit of happiness is a good thing that's not bad to want to be happy god made you wanting to be happy but we seek that in the wrong things. We should seek our happiness, our joy, our fulfillment, our satisfaction in God. And joy genuinely springs from that even now. Like you said, it's, it's not sun, always sunshine and roses in the sense that life is going to be soft and easy. But that doesn't mean your life can't be good. That doesn't mean your life can't be joyful. And so 
I don't know. That, that I think when Paul says, I've discovered the secret to being joyful in all circumstances, and when he says, rejoice always, um, I, 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 I believe that springs from God, him. He is the end. God, God doesn't get us somewhere. God doesn't get us to be reunited with loved ones in heaven. God doesn't get us to a place of no more pain. God doesn't get us to a place where, where like, God is the end. God is the satisfaction. God is the joy. And we don't have to wait for God. God is here, present with us now. You, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. He's indwelt. Like Jesus said, one day, like it is, the day is coming soon when you will not have to go to the temple to worship anymore, but the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And so I, I believe what is missing from people's lives, when, you, when your spiritual life feels like a desert, when you're not interested in God, if you feel bored, I'm like, go try to find happiness somewhere else. I think it's a happiness problem. People don't feel happy. And and you try to find happiness in so many things. You you might try ha- you might try to find happiness in controlling your body image by by not eating by like like starving yourself and all these things. You might try to find happiness in controlling the people around you. You might try to find happiness in in pornography or serial uh, sexual relationships. Or you you might try to find happiness in any number of things. And and the, the 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 sinful the wrong broken twisted part of that isn't wanting to be happy, it's finding or trying to find that happiness in the wrong things. So when the Christian life is sacrifice, it's sacrificing the superficial pleasures of the earth for a greater transcendent perfect pleasure, which is God with us now, reconciled to us by Jesus on the cross. And so mm-hmm. if God's feeling boring, if you feel dry, if you feel uninterested, ask yourself, where is the happiness coming from in my life? And is it truly satisfying me? Because when you turn to God, when you are fully invested in him, when, when you get the, the essence, like John Piper says, the essence of love is joy. If, if we're meant to love God, are we enjoying him? Those are my thoughts. Yeah. I said a lot of things all at once there. No, that was, that was great. Um, yeah, I I think as kind of trying to still wrap my head around that, but also trying to summarize it. Yeah, what you're saying is we want happiness, right? Mm-hmm. We we want this happiness, and as because we're humans and we have our sinful nature, we're gonna we're gonna try and fulfill that happiness yeah. through through whatever it is. Yeah, um, everybody's trying to. Yeah, I mean, everybody constantly. I'm trying to be happy by. I don't even know. Trying Running to... Running a podcast. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's why Thomas Jefferson in the American Constitution said that, uh, or the Bill of Rights maybe, uh, said that one of our unalienable rights is the pursuit of happiness because it is fundamental to being human. Yeah. Yeah. And and so when we try and do these uh, superficial things or these worldly things that try to that try to satisfy us, make us happy, obviously they're not going to work because they're of the world, right? That, that's kind of what mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. Um but but put it to the other side and it's like what actually should give us joy what actually when you look into it gives us pure happiness and joy well that yeah. that's the relationship with god yeah because as we have this relationship as we um take a look at what god um wants for us and mm-hmm. what he desires for us it's actually to yeah um be happy on earth 
yeah. but but also to live for me because that's actually way better. Yeah. And and you're gonna find this happiness and this joy not through those those sins and those things you used to do, mm-hmm. but actually through serving others, mm. through learning to actually serve one another mm-hmm. to glorify God. Yeah. Um, through worshiping Him. Yeah. You, you're you're gonna find joy through um just a, a Sunday morning in a worship service. I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll maybe I'll jump in there. Some people don't find joy in those things. Yeah. I know lots of people who do not find joy in being at church, who do not find joy in serving. Um, so joy is not just a, it, it is a guarantee of a genuine relationship with God, but it's also a demand on our part. God commands us to be pleased. God commands us to find joy in him. Like, I, I wish I knew the reference in, I think it's Isaiah, but he essentially says, I do not want, um, like, I do not want your sacrifices. I do not want your temples constructed for me. I want a broken and contrite heart. I wonder if, like, like we, we talk about righteousness, we talk about right living, are we actually living rightly if we do things without being joyful? Mm. Yeah, God yeah. says to be joyful in all circumstances. He says to give cheerfully, right? Are we actually living rightly if we don't find joy in these things? Yeah, and and I think that that can also make a uh, an attitude shift, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think back to sometimes when uh, we talk, someone they're they're like, man, sometimes the people leading worship on Sunday, they're like, they're just kind of like. Blah. Yeah. They're like, they're not happy yeah. or joyful that they get to worship mm-hmm. on Sunday. And it's actually like, no, we we should be joyful. We mm-hmm. should have this joy and this happiness in our hearts because we actually get to worship God freely. Mm-hmm. And we have this opportunity and this privilege that we can stand in this church building and belt out praises to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it takes a perspective shift to actually find joy. Mm-hmm. It's like some I, I don't always find joy in just serving around the house or anything, but it's mm-hmm. like, actually you can mm-hmm. because through serving um, on a Sunday or serving just around your house, doing chores, wh- whatever it is, yeah. there's there's joy to be found in that because it's like, actually there's something here for us. Yeah. We we can serve one another. I can serve my parents mm-hmm. by um, by doing the dishes yeah. because they've they've given me a house yeah. to to live in they've they've done all these things for me and actually it's a privilege that I get to be here and so why don't I do it with joy why don't I love them with joy and why don't I show my love by serving them with this with the with a servant heart absolutely and i mean even further than that, in 1 Corinthians Paul says in all things whatever you do do it all to the glory of god and we we've talked about like the old saying of uh the chief end of man is to glorify god and enjoy him forever and something else john piper pointed out to me that the, that that phrase, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The word "and" can make those things sound separate, but it says it doesn't say the chief ends of man plural. It says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. It's like Jesus saying the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He's he's saying these aren't two separate things; these are one. And and John Piper's point with that old saying is that glorifying God and enjoying Him are the same thing. He has this phrase. He says, God is most glorified by us when we are most satisfied in him. And so if we are supposed to do all things to the glory of God, are we finding and glorifying God means being satisfied by him. It means being joyful and happy overflowing in him. 
and we're supposed to glorify him in all things, are we finding joy in all circumstances so that we can glorify him in all circumstances? Do we find joy in everything we do? Because if we enjoy God in everything we do, then he is glorified through that because he wants us. To, he, Jesus said, I've done these things so that your joy may be complete. Yeah. Are we like, are, do we enjoy God in that radical way? I don't know. It's, it, this is stuff I'm wrestling through. I'm working through. I'm convicted by, um, cause I fail at that. Right. Like I, like, like, just, like I have like walked through this desert many, many times. And then I think, I think back to the, to the, all, all the faithfulness of God in my life. And I think back to those times when I felt close to God, passionately close. And I think about those moments in my life and I'm like, in those moments, I want to pray. In those moments, I want yeah. to sing. In those moments, I want to read my, in those moments, I could take on the world for God. Why? Not because I'm forcing myself to against my will, but because my will is totally inclined to the things of God. It, it's, I don't choose those things against my cold heart in those moments. I want to do those things because I love God so much more in those moments because I feel such pleasure in doing those things. Like, like you, like, you know, like you think of like praising God. It's like, why do we have like, you know, people are like, well, I don't really want to praise God. Like as if it's a duty. And then, then you think of all the poets in the world and, and like the world or the men that they loved and the poetry they wrote, that poetry isn't a duty. It's like praise is something that overflows from love and joy and happiness. And so thinking back to my own moments of just like spiritual rapture with God, like the reason I want to do such difficult, maybe hard things for him is because nothing else would make me happy in that moment. And those things are what glorify God. Preaching, serving, praying, reading, knowing, loving, those things glorify God. And the times in my life when I have wanted to do thing, those things the most willingly is because they are the only things in those moments that will make me happy. Nothing else is even, it's like, it's not like, oh, I don't, I don't like, do I serve or do I not serve? It's like, there's no choice. If I don't serve, I'm miserable. And I, th I think that's the posture I want to strive towards with my relationship with God, where there is no choice. There's no A and B. There's mm -hmm. A, because that is the, the things of God are the only things that will make me happy. That, that's, that's what God is working on my heart right now. I don't know. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's, that. Yeah, man, that that's amazing. And I and I think it's again comes back to um I guess we can come back to the question what if what if God feels boring? It's mm. you, you you're not you're, you're looking at A and B. Yeah. Right? Like you said, you're looking at A and B and it's like, well, this this side doesn't fulfill me. This side is a, is is more um is more compelling. It's more what I want to do. And of of, of course it is. It's easier. Yeah. Um, but I but I would encourage you. Mm -hmm. Take take that step in faith. Mm -hmm. Be like, I don't know, should I serve? Should I not? It's like you you gotta serve. Right. Um and, and serve like and this is something that actually God's been working on my heart as well yeah. as and I and over the, the past little while as I did um that camp trip, mm. it's how how am I serving? Yeah. How is what's my posture in serving? Yeah. Am I serving to, to glorify God mm -hmm. or am I serving to serve myself yeah so that um, these people will like me yeah um, because if you're serving to so that so that you look at or someone looks uh, sees you in, in a better light yeah. um, 
that that's no better than choosing not to serve, I would say, yeah. because you're so filled with pride. But but are you serving so that God is glorified, mm-hmm. so that you find joy in God? Because as you serve for God, you find joy in him. Yeah. As you worship God on a Sunday morning and you raise your hands, um, are you doing it in so that you're praising God or are you yeah. doing it so that other people look at you and be like, oh, that, guy, that guy's worshiping God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so this is this is another thing maybe I'm wrestling through and this ties into a lot of things. We don't need to get too deep into it, but like I don't have, maybe I'll just ask you like so we can just talk about it. Like have you ever been able to force yourself to like like you can force yourself to do something, right? Like you can say I don't want to serve but I'm going to do it. But ha, like there, there's that. That that isn't what I'm talking about. Have you like can you force yourself to want to do something? Because if like the option is go to a movie or serve people and you want to go to the movie, that's probably going to make you happy, right? Like going to that movie. But if there are these options of go to the movie or serve people, but all you want to do is serve, you're going to find a lot of joy in that. Yeah. And so, and God, God doesn't want us to simply choose to do things miserably because we feel like we have to. He, he desires for us to find joy in those things. But how, like, have, have you ever been able to just shift your entire person, like who you are, what you want. Have you ever actually been able to shift, change, reshape, re, not even reshape, kill and recreate your desires so you want the things of God? The reason I ask is because Paul in Romans says that no, like man is born hating God. Nobody wants the things of God and nobody loves God by themselves. So how do we come to desire, love, and find joy in the things of God? Yeah. I mean, maybe this is off topic. I, I was it just kind of came to mind as you were saying that. But I, I remember I was I was serving on a Sunday and I was doing worship, and so I had um, cleaned up my stuff. They were mm-hmm. taking on the stage, and my mom was like, "I'm leaving," because she had cleaned up her stuff, and right. my dad was on setup, and so yeah. he was taking stuff down. And I I get into the car and I'm like, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, finish cleaning up mm-hmm. because I I just actually didn't want to. I was like, I want to go home chill um maybe and just like watch tv or something like that um and my dad comes out and he's like quinn we're short we're short staffed can you come inside and help Mm. and i'm like i don't want to right and my mom knows that and my dad's like no quinn get out of the car you're helping me and i i went in and i was like i was kind of like maybe not stomping my feet but that was kind of like the attitude i had a little bit and for about mm, maybe two minutes mm-hmm. I was serving and I was like, man, this, this sucks. I hate this. I, I don't yeah. want to be here. Yeah. And then for some reason mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? This isn't that bad. Mm. I, I, I honestly don't understand. I was like one second. I was mad at my dad that he made me serve at church. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the next terrible thing for a father to do, I know. Um, but the next I'm like, I get into the car after we're done. I was like, that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. I did enjoy um, cleaning up the stage. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy packing stuff into the trailer. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But it was just in, like, I I enjoyed being around those it's people. pleasurable. Yeah. 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 And, and I don't. I don't understand. It's it. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I asked that to maybe transition because there's a ton of like, like thick theology you can get into with this kind of conversation. But I, I was thinking this might be a good point to uh, transition into maybe some practical stuff we can give people. And one, one of the things I was going to say, just pray. Like if, if, if you 
want satisfaction in your life, if you want pleasure, joy, happiness, following God fully, committing your life to Him doesn't mean giving up pleasure. It means gaining a greater pleasure than you could ever know otherwise. And and I think that's it, Quinn, is that I like as humans, we can't actually change the things we want. We can't change the things that will make us happy, but God can. That's yeah. his promise to you. Like, like go, like go back to the Old Testament before even before even the, the whole like the whole passion and the crucifixion and the resurrection. God prophesied in Ezekiel, "I will give my people a new heart. I will take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh." Paul, like whoever belongs to Christ is a new creature in Christ. Put take off the old self and put on Christ over and over and over. The Bible says, as a believer, you are remade, you are renewed, you are restored, you are crucified with Christ. Let's not let's not skip past that. Crucified with Christ, you die. Your old self, the self that wants to do these other things, that dies, and then you are raised to new life. Like new, new life, not like tweaked life, not slightly different life, new life. You are a new person, which means God has the power, not just the power, but the desire to change your will so that you want the things of him so that when you come to decisions, you just want to do those things because that's what makes you happy. Though, like, like you, when you when you choose between being faithful to your wife or going back to your laptop, it's not even a choice because you, you like the, the 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 sinful things become detestable to you. Yeah, and so I would just say. Get on your knees and pray for God to work in your life. Because like joy is is it it is this sovereign thing of God. Joy isn't something we muster up by ourselves. It's not a frenzy we work ourselves into. It is a it is it is a a way of life that is placed into your soul, mind, heart, and will by the hand of God and no other way. Only God can give you the joy in those things. Only God can give you a new heart that wants to do those things, not because you're forcing yourself to, but because that is the only thing you want to do. So I would just encourage anybody who, if you feel dry, stale, beat up, worn out, done, if God feels boring, start praying for new life. Like Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water I give him, the Holy Spirit will produce a well of living water that springs up into new life within you. Let that water run through the dry desert of your heart and change it into an oasis of God. Like, oh, prayer. So I'll just, that's prayer. Like I, I just, so much we could say about that, but maybe that's the first practical thing I can give people so that they can have their fingertips on it. Do, do you have any like, maybe like practical steps people can take here? Yeah. If God I, feels boring. If God feels boring and you're just like, I I got no joy mm. in my heart. Yeah. Um, bring it to people. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I would say don't don't keep it to yourself. Yeah. Um, because if you keep it to yourself and you're like, God's boring, I'm not gonna do anything about it, suddenly you're actually just gonna end up falling away from God completely. Yeah. Because you haven't put any time into it. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, man, God's boring, but I there's still something something here. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, um, but it's it just doesn't seem like it's for me right now, yeah. right? Bring it to people. Yeah. Bring it into a community. Bring it into a Christian community where you're just like, this is where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. I got nothing left in me. Yeah. I, I got no joy. Yeah. I got no hope. And yeah. I'm just 
I'm just down in the dumps. Yeah. Life might be good, but yeah. there's no hope with God. Yeah. And bring it to people because people can help you see things through that. Yeah. Um, as as you bring forward this um this desire, yeah. possibly, um, people can they can help open you up th- to things that you you actually didn't uh know why why God was feeling boring. Maybe yeah. maybe it was maybe it was literally just I didn't spend enough time with God. Yeah. Or maybe um I didn't want to read the Bible mm-hmm. um, because I thought I knew all the stories. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you bring it to a group of people, they can pray for you. Chase, mm. you, you just talked about prayer. Prayer works wonders. And as people pray for you, yeah. um, th- those people are there for you. They're they're there for you to talk to, yeah. talk through things, do life with. And as you get to do that, you get to see how much joy they have. Mm-hmm. And and I think something that, that's very interesting is as you see how other people live and the way they live their life, the joy that they have, that should spur you on. Yeah, that's really good. And, and as it spurs you on, you, you're you going to find joy. Yeah. And, and maybe at first you won't know why. Yeah. Um, But over time, you're, you're going to see, actually, it's because they have Christ and yeah. I want Christ. Yeah. And then you're going to see a reason to, to read your Bible. Yeah. It's because you want that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you happy, makes you joyful. That's why Hebrews says, do not neglect meeting with one another so that you may stir up one another to good works. It's like the community. Again, like uh, we had an episode come out of, like when we release this, it'll be a few weeks ago. Um, when we were recording, it came out today. Why should I go to church? Yeah, oh, you need that community. You need people 100%. to keep you accountable. You need people to push you towards God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like when you feel stuck, dry, dead, like, like, just like, I like the word you said, hopeless, Quinn. There is nowhere left for me to go. I just am lost and I don't know what to do. Do you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a sheep that ran out of the fence. Yeah. Caught in a valley somewhere. Look over your shoulder. The shepherd's standing there waiting for you. So, yeah. That's good. Definitely go to people. Um, I've got a, a scripture I just love to read from the book of Isaiah. It's Isaiah uh, chapter 43. He says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. This is what he says. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Mm. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. I just want to, here's a parenthesis. He says, he, he does not say that you will not have to go through the rivers. He does not say that you will not have to walk through the fire, but he does say that they shall not consume you. Yeah. That you shall not be drowned. You shall not be overwhelmed. That's the parentheses. He continues, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you. What is he saying? He's saying, I will, I will pay a hefty price for you. I will give nations in exchange for you. It says, because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. So fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you up. I will bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. 
everyone who is called by my name, whom I created from my glory, who I formed and I made. The God we serve is not boring. Mm-hmm. He is fascinated by you. He is passionate for you. He not like the, the, the metaphors there are beautiful, giving Egypt like these powerful, like Egypt was the powerhouse of that ancient world. And God says, I give these great nations in exchange for you. That's, that's the language of ransom, like having to pay a price to gain somebody back. God is saying, I will pay this enormous, extraordinary, rich, heavy price for you, not as an individual, you, my son, my daughter, my people who I love and I redeemed. I pay this price for you. And then you look to the New Testament and what did God pay? He paid everything in Jesus for you. And he wants to bring you into relationship. He wants to protect you through, yes, the hard times, like you said, Quinn, the hard times come, but he protects you in that because you are his and he wants, he wants that relationship with you. He wants that joy. Can you not hear just the love in that passage? You are mine. Fear not. I have redeemed you. I give men's lives for you. And the essence of love is joy. God sovereignly, powerfully does these things because it makes him happy. We serve a happy, loving father who wants us to be happy, Mm -hmm. wants us to be loved and loving. And so, man, what if God feels boring? Come to know who he is. Come to realize that he is not just this like guy in the sky. He is a father who is so passionate for you in your broken moments that he will remake you into somebody who is able. He's not exchanging equal pleasure. He's not saying, well, you know, this is pretty good and here's this other thing. He is remaking your heart so that you are able to access, choose and enjoy the only things that will make you happy in a lasting way. That is what God does for you. And he paid the ultimate price, death on a cross, in order to do that. So what if God feels boring? Come to him. Come to know him. Come to love him. Come to enjoy him. So that that's kind of my initial thoughts there. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, man, anything that I had to say was just kind of echoed there. So <laughs> I, I would say we're good there. Awesome. Good. Cool. Well, I guess we're at the end of the episode then. Uh, you guys, hope I, I honestly, that was quite the ride. I don't even know if I could recap. I know what we wanted to do, but we kind of went in a lot of directions there. I'm really happy with that. I'm really happy with that too. Just, I mean, guys, if God feels boring, just seek pleasure in him. That's what I'll say. Seek pleasure on his terms and you will find it and pray, pray desperately to him. Um, so then I guess I'll give the little spiel uh, whatever platform you're listening on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just would love it if you guys followed the show, left your review, followed us on social media and just a uh, little, little, little f- easy free support on your end actually goes a really long way with us and supporting the ministry we're doing here. So just appreciate you guys and the support you are giving us and hope you tune in next week. I'm not sure what episode we're going to be doing, but there will be one. We do them every Tuesday. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for being part of this revolution and we will see you next week. See ya. 